What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode four of Theologize. This week we are doing a guestless episode, so it's going to be something a little bit more interesting for myself and uh, hopefully beneficial for you guys as you are listening. And ultimately, uh, sort of kind of flipping through the topics that were available um, and what what direction we sort of wanted to go in with this podcast and realize that right now is probably a better time than ever to talk about stress, anxiety, depression, mental health, um, worry, doubt, just to sort of go over these things because um, of current affairs, for one, I mean, people are uncertain about the state of their health with this pandemic going on. Um, And so there's a lot of anxiousness there, a lot of stress about uh, what could potentially happen with your jobs or or even your own health. And then the the other reason is we have just gone through a presidential election. And from what I can see is the nation looked pretty divided. Um, And people are sold out for one candidate or another, so much so that they have lost sleep, they have lost um, maybe friends, they've they've lost you know some of their health due to the energy that they're putting into this presidential election, and um, and so we want to talk about that today. We want to discuss what are some practical steps that I, as an individual, can take to better my mental health, um, because mental health isn't just a thing that happens outside of the church. I believe that a lot of the modern church today is struggling with anxiety, depression, doubt, uh, amplitude of stress in people's lives, especially with, uh, like I said, the current affairs. So it'll be an interesting topic to cover, and I hope that it's going to be beneficial for those listening. Um, But yeah, we we really want to cover this because Uh, It's important. It's important to take care of your mind. It's important to understand why we sort of spiral downwards and why we allow anxiousness to creep in. And it's important to understand why we allow ourselves to get to a place of stress. But it does happen in and outside of the church. Um, You know, as as we're as I was sort of thinking about the election this last week, this this passage popped into my head and I think that it is uh it's extremely important <laughs> for today. Um Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and he says to them in his you know ending exhortation he says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition Look at this. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God in the peace of God, which transcends. It's going to go way up there, all the way up. All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Wow, Paul, get yourself something nice. I don't know. Drop the mic here. Paul, you really killed it. Whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such 
things. Man, I think that is something that we need to hear today. All of these things that we, we really think about are sort of trending in the other direction. I mean, Paul laid it out on the table. You know, all of these good qualities. Think about them. But a lot of us like to think about the negative qualities. And that is where we sort of get stuck. I really want to break down this this um, passage really quick. Because Paul starts in verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he repeats himself. I, like, I will say it again. This is literally what he says. I will say it again. Rejoice. It, it's important to know how important joy is in the lives of believers. Um, because Paul is saying that this is going to be uh, what sort of sets you up for the rest of these things is joy. Your joy in the Lord and just your joy in life. Now, while uh, joy uh, is closely related to, you know, both gladness and happiness, it it is more of a state of being than it is an emotion. Uh, and it's, it's oftentimes, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes, it is a result of of choice. Um, we know it's one of the fruit of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. Um, and it's part of the experience of being a Christian, but I really want to talk about the portion where it's a state of being and it's a result of choice. And this is, a this is, this is where it's going to get a little interesting, I think, because for a long time, the church uh, has, I believe, hurt a lot of people throughout history. Um, but in modern-day America, in Western cultural church, we're seeing a lot of people actually struggling with this concept of thinking about, you know, the positive things that Paul talked about. And so joy for them seems to be a foreign, distant concept because the truth is, there's a lot of outside noise that people are listening to. And with that outside noise, a lot of times it gets past just the ear, the eardrum, and it gets into the mind. And all of a sudden, instead of thinking about, you know, as Paul says, the pure, good, noble, good things, we start thinking about the detrimental, the hurting, the negative aspects that people are chirping, especially in this day and age of social media where it's all over the place and we allow it to consume our thoughts and uh, I've allowed it personally to consume my thoughts at times um, when I was a youth pastor and listening to different people's opinions and you know people are always going to have opinions but it's it's what we choose to do with the words that we hear and take them analyze them break them down regurgitate it, whatever, whatever you need to do. It's what we choose to do with them that's going to leave us in this state of being joyful or in this state of anxiety, stress, doubt, fear, depression. So look at this. Paul, you know, he goes on in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, in his book, 12 Rules for Life, um, Jordan Peterson 
starts it off by talking about lobsters and the hierarchy that exists in the lobster community. And I know what you're thinking, like, how is this relevant to me at all? Well, see, if a lobster sees itself as weak, and it, it will essentially place itself in this hierarchy in the lobster table, and those lobsters that are perceiving themselves as weak, well, they'll die a lot quicker. They'll get sicker faster, they'll get consumed, and they sort of just accept it. And Jordan Peterson applies that to the human culture and you know a lot of times we take in things that people say and we sort of build and formulate a thought about ourselves and we place ourselves in the hierarchy in society somewhere and we sort of adapt to that Um, if we hear a bunch of negative things you know we're going to start to believe those things because We take those thoughts and we don't analyze and break them down properly, dissect them. We sort of just begin to believe them. And that results in anxiousness. That results in stress. That results in fear. That results in doubt. That will turn into depression and that will become a big mental health issue for the individual. And so, Paul, you know, this isn't just something that is applicable to Christians either. Paul is saying, look, you're going to be getting a lot of thoughts coming your way. You're going to be hearing a lot of things that you need to sort of take apart and truly break down, truly analyze. Paul says, take it captive, you know, interrogate this thought and make it obedient to Christ. What is he saying there? What do you mean make it obedient to Christ? Well, Christ, first off, brings about messianic peace. Christ, first off, has already told us what he thinks about us as as people. I mean, to the point of dying on a cross, that's the value we are to him so that we can be again in relationship and reconciled. That means being brought back to him. I mean, that's what he thinks about us. So Paul is saying, you know, we're going to take these things that people say. We're going to take that thought captive. We might play good cop, bad cop with it a little bit. We're going to beat it down. We're going to strip it down. We're going to analyze it. And essentially, we're going to make a bow before what Jesus has already said about me, about us, and what he's already done for me and us on the cross. And so back to the Jordan Peterson analogy. Don't just let society tell you who you are because Christ has already came in and said, this is who you are in my kingdom. And my kingdom is actually elevated so much, so much more further transcends, as we sort of talked about, all earthly things, all earthly kingdoms, all earthly thought processes, all earthly sayings, all earthly political landscapes, political leaders. It transcends all of that. And you have a place of value, of adoption, of son and daughtership in my kingdom. This is what I think about you, that you get to share in the inheritance, share in the wealth, of the kingdom of God. And and this is very valuable. Very, very valuable. Nothing on earth, no riches, no amount of knowledge, none of that compares to what it's like to actually being a centerpiece and valued in the kingdom of God. And so this is the table, the periscope that the the thought process that Paul wants us to have. Look, look, yo, you are valued by the God of the universe. Take those thoughts captive and make it obedient 
to that thought process. So what does this do? What why does it matter if we have this this sense of joy? Um, and and how do we continue to be in a place in our lives where despite all of this outside noise, the political landscape, it's not going my way. The the work landscape, the financial landscape, it's not really working out. How am I supposed to say stay joyful in all of this? You know, even the health landscape. I've lost a loved one. I've lost a child. I've lost a mother or father. I've lost a spouse. How am I supposed to stay joyful and not listen to the negative thoughts that are in my mind? How am I supposed to not listen to people around me? How am I supposed to not listen to the media? It's it's being forced down my throat. How do I stay joyful? Well, one thing that we sort of talked about is this transcendence of God's kingdom from all that is on earth. Transcend meaning to be far above. And, and let's, let me tell you, like far, far above is what God's kingdom is. Nothing that this earth can fathom, like we said earlier. So what we need to understand with that is, Like I mentioned, we're already part of this kingdom. We have a place of value seen in the eyes of God. And that is sort of what needs to be the nail in the coffin for all of these negative things. And what we really need to understand ultimately, and I know it's difficult, is that we do live in a physical world. This this stuff that is surrounding us is isn't eternal. It it it's perishable, you know. It's it's not gonna be around forever. In God's kingdom and our status in God's kingdom is going to be around forever. So we need to start changing the way we think. I think a lot of people, including myself, I've struggled with this um, in the past, is how do we change the way that we think about life? What do we really do or what will help us to change the way that we think and and what's going to help me start thinking joy joyfully and make it a result of my choices and make it a state of being rather than an emotion so this is what paul says don't be anxious about anything but in every single situation every single situation meaning you're at your kid's soccer game or you're at the deathbed of your mother in every situation by prayer and petition and look at this with thanksgiving present your requests to god and as a result of that as a result of you petitioning and requesting with thanksgiving all of your requests to god as a result the peace of god again this word which transcends all understanding it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then again, he goes on to say, think about all of these good things, whatever is true, noble, right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things instead. All right. So I love this. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving. You know, what's interesting about anxiousness and stress and worry is we're sort of already giving some sort of power to a thing that hasn't even happened yet. I have been anxious so many times in my life uh, 
And it doesn't make sense because that thing hasn't occurred. And it, it has so much of my attention into this potential possible future outcome. So much of my energy is invested there that I'm not enjoying the moment I'm in right now. For example, recently my daughter had this tooth thing where her tooth was sort of infected and she needed to get it pulled out. And, you know, they're like, you got to go do this immediately. Um, it could get infected. Her whole face can swell up. And right away, as a parent, you know, you don't just, okay, let's sort of calm down here. In that moment, and maybe some people are good at this. And, and you know, I applaud you. That That is a very, very admirable quality. But as a parent, I, I started freaking out. I was like, okay, you know, like, what, what do we need to do? Why is it so immediate? What's going to happen with Amelia? Why, what, what, what if something goes wrong? And right away, I start putting so much emphasis onto the future of what hasn't happened that I didn't even get to see my daughter's joy and her not even being worried about it, but just playing with her sister and laughing. I didn't even get to enjoy that moment because I was so focused on what could potentially happen to my daughter or what was, you know, what a possibility was. And that's what that's what anxiousness does. Same with stress. So many people are going to work day in and day out stressing right now that they're going to lose their jobs. But, you know, that hasn't happened yet. And the moment you have at your job right now, you're sort of throwing that away and your energy and your mental ability is all going to this place of a hypothetical situation that it might that might not even happen. Same with worry. Same thing with worry. You're worrying. You're putting so much energy into something that hasn't even happened yet. And I think this is why Jesus tells his disciples, look, don't worry about what you're going to wear what you're going to eat tomorrow. Like, I I take care of birds. They don't worry about anything. They go out and food is provided for them. You you are so much more valuable than than some sparrows. You, you are my children that I died for, that I came as a man from being God in, in the heavens, came as a man to this earth to die for you. Like, how much more valuable are, are you to me than some birds? So why are you so worried if I'm telling you I'm going to take care of you? And that needs to be a stamp on our life. Like, God is going to take care of me. I am not going to worry about what could potentially happen. And instead, I am going to enjoy the moment right now with my father or mother. I'm going to enjoy the moment right now with my son or daughter, with my spouse with my boyfriend or girlfriend with my friends you know with with what i have available to me that's why paul says with thanksgiving present your requests to god be thankful for what's already there you're like god i'm thankful for my child i'm thankful that i can see her laugh i'm thankful that i can see her play and then he says you know Instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, instead of listening to the outside noise, think about the good things. Think about what is true. It's true that I still have a husband or wife, that I still have a wonderful that I have wonderful children. It's true that I still have a job. It's true that I still have my health. Whatever is noble. Think about the things that are right in the world. Think about the things that are right in your life, that are noble in your life. What is pure? 
What is lovely? Think about the things that you can admire and just look on and say, wow. Things that we oftentimes take for granted and somehow during Thanksgiving, it just comes back up where we're like, you know, I'm so thankful for this. I should really be more thankful but right now I'm just extra thankful. No, it's not that you're extra thankful. It's that Thanksgiving somehow puts us into the state of of realizing what we have and being thankful for it. But what if every day we had that mindset? How much less anxious would we be? How How much less worried and stressed would we be? How much more appreciative would we be to the people around us? How would our relationships change? How would be how would the way we handle social media and hearing negative toxic things coming into our eardrums change the way that we think about them? Look, this isn't just some some supernatural occurrence. This the Bible is essentially just telling us like this is the best way that you can deal with your mental health. You know, people always say get out and do something about your mental health. Well, the Bible has given that formula for thousands of years. Yo, do something about your mental health. Start thinking about the good things, the good things in your life. Start counting your blessings. Start taking joy in the things that you have already available to you and stop thinking about the things that could potentially happen or that people are saying that are probably not even true or that someone has the, the, the audacity and the big boldness to get behind their computers Uh, keyboard or get behind their phone's keyboard and type something like is that really where our attention should be going to and I know a lot of you out there maybe listening to this podcast or maybe you want to share this podcast with someone I know a lot of you out there are thinking well you know this is all a lot easier said than done and yes that is true but I challenge you I dare you start thinking about the good things that you have around you right now and see the way that your perspective changes. You know, start thinking about what you can accomplish, what's going to get you farther. Start thinking about how you can get stronger, smarter, more disciplined. Start thinking about ways that you can improve in the life you have right now and stop thinking so much about what everyone else has to say because ultimately at the end of the day their opinion does not matter it's just God's opinion that matters about you and he's already done and said some incredible incredible things okay so get this Paul says do it with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends anything that we can understand, meaning anything that you can try to wrap your mind around, it's so much higher. Like we talked about earlier, the kingdom of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Look what it will do. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a result of thinking differently. Peace will stand at the door of your heart and it will stand on guard. You know, so many people, allow the heart to be churned and changed so much. But the Bible is saying right now that peace is literally going to stand on guard, ready to beat up whatever tries to make its way into the vicinity of your heart. Peace is like, nah, not today. You ain't bringing this turmoil in this house. Nope, nope, nope. 
Wow, I think I, I think that's wonderful. So maybe your candidate didn't win. Maybe you're pretty bummed out and hurt. Maybe you're stressed about what the economy is going to look like. Maybe you're stressed about the issues that you voted on, what they're going to look like. Maybe you're stressed about how your kids are going to be taught in school one way or another. Maybe you're worried, anxious about all of these things from a pretty hectic presidential election and week, for that matter. Most people were left standing on edge. I mean, we all saw something historical and so fitting to put that into the year 2020, right? The way for the election to end in 2020, just to sort of stamp 2020. But maybe you're worried about it. Maybe the person you wanted didn't win. Um, and I know I'm speaking to at least half the country when I say that. It's okay. God transcends human leadership. And his his place is still a lot higher than any political leader. And and he says, don't trust in, in people. I mean, we know the corruption of people. We know how quickly people can make mistakes. Don't trust in that. Trust in something that's far above that, something that doesn't make mistakes, and something that already told you how amazing you are. So what do we do about the mental health issues? How do we take mental health seriously in and outside of the church? Well, for one, if social media is causing you a lot of pain and mental health, it's probably best to just delete it. I mean, it's it's sort of doing the opposite to a lot of people of what it's original design for. And that was just people connecting and building relationships. But now people see so many things on social media that's become toxic for them that they, you know, go they go downhill. And so a step for you might be delete social media. Another step for you, for people, and I highly recommend this, if you don't exercise, start exercising. Paul says that it's beneficial in scripture. And also use your exercise as a form of glorifying and worshiping God. He, I mean, he gave you this body. And have you seen what the human body can do? You think, I can't run, I can't lift. Well, dedicate yourself to it and see where you're at in six months. God has made us able to do some incredible things, even with the body's ability to recover. Like, come on, that's that's nuts. Start thinking about good things. Start cherishing the things that you have. Start pondering upon the things that are going to uplift you, the wonderful things. Treat yourself once in a while. Go do something nice for yourself. All of these things can change the way that we think, but ultimately... Understand that you are already valued as God's child in this world, in this earth, in his kingdom. You're valued inside and outside the material world. You're valued in his kingdom. And that ultimately, to see us in the way that I I think if we truly saw ourselves the way that God sees us and how much he cares and longs and wants to be with us, we would start thinking a lot differently about ourselves. Because you are valuable. You are precious. Whoever I'm talking to today, you are worth something. Even if you're comparing yourself to someone on social media whose life is probably fake, or you're comparing yourself to your coworker who's better at one thing than you are, stop thinking about it. Start thinking about how you're valued and what you're good at and what you can improve on. I hope that this was an encouraging episode for someone. Anxiousness, stress, doubt, worry, fear, 
uncertainty. Those are all things that will try to creep into our life. But here through the Bible and through just through some, you know, analyzing and processing processing our thoughts, we can get ourselves in a lot better place. And if you do struggle with anxiousness or any of these things, feel free to message me on Instagram. You can find my Instagram through anchor.fm slash theologize. And you can reach out to me via email. You can, if you have my number, feel free to text me. Um, I'm not by any means saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying these are practical steps that we can all take. So, you guys, thank you for listening to episode four of Theologize, talking about anxiousness, stress, worry. If you have dealt with any of these things, go ahead and give this you know, a listen. Share it with people who you think might need to hear it. Thank you, guys. We're out. See you next week for episode five. Thank you.